0: Welcome one and all to the greatest wrestling show on the planet, as hosted by your wily veterans, Will Macklin and Braden Mayhew, as well as the next generation cohorts, The Beast from BC, Alec Miski, and the man they call Gibby, Zach McGibbon.
1: This is Wrestling... With IDEO.
0: Welcome, one and all, to the greatest wrestling show on the planet. If you didn't already hear that in the intro, but I thought I'd reiterate for fun. You we're not cocky. Yeah, we're not too cocky. Just just pleasantly so. We're, we're humble with our push, I think. And then we don't let the, the push to the top get to... Uh, Get to our heads, so to speak, here. All right, gentlemen, is that not a, a fair assessment to say? We are very uh, not cocky wrestling fans. I, I don't see. know.
2: Uh, <laughs> we do yes. call ourselves the greatest wrestling <laughs> show on the planet. It's only
0: in a, a cutesy way, though. That's true. Yes. That is true. So we had Raw last night. We did. And uh, pretty interesting show. I mean, I don't know if it was as good as the week prior. But uh, it did kind of throw a big curve into the road to WrestleMania. I mean, I'm not sure that it's going to really go anywhere. It could be uh, a pretty um, predictable thing. But anyway, Triple H came out to basically gloat about what he did to Roman Reigns the week before, beating him up to the crowd cheering and loving the entire segment because, you know, the heel has to be cheered like the conquering babyface in this storyline to help poor Roman out so he's basically taunting about that says how Roman had no idea how to respect authority and it came back to bite him and in the end the authority always wins this led to Dean Ambrose coming out and um, basically throwing the challenge to Triple H to defend his title against him that uh, if he sure Roman may have won the uh, championship match at WrestleMania but Hunter doesn't necessarily have to be the champion and they had a big stare down, and Triple H basically said, well, I'll give you what you want. And that was the end of the opening segment, and it uh, didn't really say when they were going to have their title match, but it kind of made the viewers think that it might happen they, they later annou- on in the show they, to bait them to keep watching.
2: Well, well, they did announce it uh, today. on when They the did match- announce
0: the actual title match today, yeah. that's true. But what I mean is the way they were hyping it up, and oh, I remember yeah. seeing graphics where it's like WWE World Title Match question mark and it was like Triple H and Ambrose and like actually on Raw, mm-hmm. where it's like, Yeah, these guys might have a title match tonight, which is I guess kind of a smart way to keep people viewing, but it's not entirely truthful. <laughs> it's yeah. like here we put the question mark in the graphic. I mean, they might have been able to tell we weren't actually gonna have a title match tonight. Mm-hmm. So that was that they kind of pump up that the Undertaker is going to be there to speak, and boy, did he ever have a lot to say. Uh, we'll get to that segment. Yeah, so there was a number one contenders match between Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks, and uh, Zach. What did you think about this uh, here match? Uh, especially with the finish.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I am glad to see that it was. You know what? I, I do want to see a three a, a three way match between these uh, between those. Uh, uh, Ladies, sorry, I am losing my mind. <laughs>
0: hey, no
1: but, problem. Uh, they are women. They, they, they are. I mean, they are divas. I do want to see.
2: I do want to see, uh, I do wanna see uh, how they're going to be, because uh, I think eventually we will see a point where it's uh, where it's. Uh, where we will see the three of them in a match yeah, which at WrestleMania, because I think what they're doing is similar to what they're doing down in NXT, where it's like they're building and building. Well, what I'm so glad like- about
0: is even though it was a draw, and it sure might not have been a conclusive finish, at least it kind of opens up the idea that Becky won't be left out in the dust. I remember last week there were heavy rumors saying that she wasn't even going to be in the, uh, the Divas title match, so they just planned on doing Sasha and Charlotte. And I thought that was kind of a, a bit of a mistake. I thought they should keep Becky in the hunt for the championship. So with a finish like this, it kind of makes me think they're still going to do the, the actual triple threat. So, and I'm more in favor of that than just the fair singles. But I mean, to leave poor Becky out in the, the cold after all the work going into the Royal Rumble and she got people invested in her as a title challenger... I'm uh, glad they're still keeping her in what seems to be keeping her in the title chase. I think yeah. it's a good definitely a good decision.
1: Oh, absolutely. The only problem I have with this, like storyline-wise it's great. The match itself was a bit lackluster though. Yeah, it's like, it was very wasn't the short, best match at Especially I
2: mean, with the previous matches that they've had, yeah, like, like especially the one in NXT Takeover. I, I mean, you you'd expect bet- better, but you know what? I, I'm I think I think there's some aspects where they kind of Didn't go full out because they know they're going to wrestle again and they're going to be at a bigger stage where they're really going to showcase their talents as uh, women's wrestlers. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, it would have been nice to see him, uh, or rather see them, uh, you know, really step up their game.
0: Absolutely. So then um, shortly after this, speaking of short matches, we had uh, The Miz against Dolph Ziggler. Mm -hmm. And I uh, don't really have much more to say other than, wow, Miz won. Yep. He beat Dolph with a, uh, I guess. Uh, I'm
2: honestly not all that surprised about this about that I result. Mean,
0: for whatever reason, it wasn't exactly a uh, super conclusive finish. Like he didn't hit him with like his finisher or anything. He kind of snuck and got yeah. the win. I believe he won with like a schoolboy, yeah, off a turnbuckle, yeah, bounce no less. So it's not like Miz hit him with his finish and it was a a, a decisive win on the Miz's part. But I mean, yeah, Dolph's been losing a lot, so it's not like it should be a surprise that he would lose to uh, the Miz of all people. But, I mean, Miz getting victories, that's kind of shocking sometimes. He does lose quite often.
2: But, but, but uh, so does Dolph. They I both mean, do, so yeah. They, well, the mean,
0: one's the babyface loser, the other's like the heel loser of the and bunch.
2: And it, and it also just goes back to that 50-50 booking aspect of the show where it's like Dolph has won some, he's lost some, he's not really a, I, a key player, you, he's you, not really a loser, yeah. he's just there. Would you
0: like me to read the report that I read today? Sure. That Okay, so allegedly they want to keep Miz... Getting a couple victories because he's supposed to have a key part in some sort of multi-man match at WrestleMania, and they feel that Dolph can take the loss since he beat Kevin Owens a couple times. Yeah, source whoever works for WWE says this is the reason why it happens. It's like okay, so so since Dolph beat Owens in a couple matches, that means he can just lose to the Miz. (laughs) It's like like that equals it out. As long as they beat somebody who's like kind of higher on the card than they are, it's uh, it's fine. If yeah. they lose, to, if they have somebody who's lower than them lose to them. I mean, who would you uh, say is the bigger star here? Dolph or Miz? Oh, well, who actually matters more on the card? If you had to take a guess.
2: Uh well, it depends on what you're looking at. Are we looking at uh, in ring, or are we looking at in terms of actual star power?
0: I'm um, actual star power, like in terms of like. I'd the,
2: argue Miz, honestly. I'd at argue this point, Miz, yeah. I'd argue Miz has way more star power than Ziggler. I mean, that Miz, would not Miz be is, unfair. Like Miz is well is much more well recognized around. Uh, Around outside of WWE, than Ziggler is, and that's not to say obviously that Ziggler isn't a star in his own right, because you know he has had his moments where he's where he's shown he's a star. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's just it, right now, like I believe Miz to be the better wrestler,
1: honestly. Well, that that's that same time, Miz is <clears throat> sorry, clearly the better wrestler, but what they're doing with Ziggler in terms of like his storyline push, you know what I mean? where he's had nothing but losses for at least the last what five weeks I want to say six weeks like he's just really more or less been beaten down like are we what, talking Dolph Dolph yeah yes
0: he like, gets beaten constantly if you notice on like TV. his entire
1: like his ring attire has completely changed it's no longer that bright colorful like kind of throwback to the 80s that we would see with, like maybe Hitman or uh like anyone from the Heart Foundation really yeah and it's just like now he's got this dark persona kind of going, he's really been beaten down, like, is he going to kind of, like, snap, is he going to change into, like, a bit of an anti-hero or a heel and kind of, like, rise back up through the mid-card? Kind of makes you
0: wonder, like, would they even put that kind of an investment in him at this point, because it seems like they have, like, real no interest in pushing him to any sort of level, they're just kind of fine with him being that guy in the middle who loses some, and then they kind of just disregard afterwards so yeah. it's kind of hard to say
1: and it's but- sad because he was one of those guys that was actually in the mix for the like the title you know like the he- like the world heavyweight championship yeah, yeah. he of was the a world key title. he
0: was a key figure on smackdown uh, once upon a time so it's crazy that's just like three years ago yeah because a big title run was like three years ago but
1: wasn't he the one that uh, took the title off brian on after like on the next night's raw basically well not from brian it's from del rio del rio off thank of you
0: wrestlemania yeah And he cashed in because he'd had the money in the bank since the summer before that, and he finally cashed in in the spring, and it was a big deal. And now it's like, well, (laughs) look where the time goes, pretty much. Pretty much. That's just just it, right? And speaking of uh, things that don't really go anywhere... Bray Wyatt had this uh, I guess more or less the same kind of Wyatt promo you would you would expect from what him is at he this doing? point. <laughs> like saying how they're going to take over the world and this that and the other and run and it's like well you're not Wyatt even facing promo. Brock anymore so what exactly is the Wyatt family even going to be doing at WrestleMania? Yeah. At this point are you all just going to be members of the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? Is that really all they're going to be doing or uh, they uh, or a couple of them going to challenge for the tag titles like
1: the worst part about that under the giant memorial is the statue looks like Louise Guzman. <laughs> like every time every year they have mother making a new statue. It's the same ugly like little statue thing. It looks like the statue from community with of Louise Guzman just standing out there like in all of his gold plated glory like didn't they break it? Like uh, didn't like Cesaro destroy
0: it or something or somebody destroyed it like the night after WrestleMania 30 when they first it unveiled it? Or was colder? it Swagger?
1: The Colter Swagger, I think, broke it the first night. Okay, I remember it being broken, but
0: yeah, the statue looked the exact same like last year when Big Show won. Yeah, so I bet it will look like no different. They just maybe they have like a machine that makes these Andre statues, like a conveyor belt, and it just goes along. And, uh, yeah, just, I, I, want, I, want to see the, I want to
1: see the Andre statue get made. All I can picture in the back of my head is how, like, a WWE statue is made. They take, like, the biggest chunk of gold ore you can find, and then, like, they just whittle it down to make one little statue, and all the rest of it's get thrown away. Maybe yeah, that's also how they made the Vincent J.
0: McMahon Memorial Award, too, just another different uh, sort of machine.
1: That's, so, made, that's made of the blood, sweat, and tears of WCW. <laughs> so,
0: still to come on the show, we had a uh, Y2AJ being hyped to, uh, to go against the tag team champions. So I believe it was a uh, non-title as well. So yeah. I mean, not a championship match to look forward to because we were supposed to pretend that there might be a
1: world title match on the same show. Yeah. You know, it's, with the 50-50 booking, it's getting hard to recall who are the tag team title <laughs> champions <laughs> <right> <laughs> now. Who
0: are the champions at this point? Very... Very good is it, point. is it the
1: Usos? Is it the New Day? Lucha Dragons. It's Lucha oh, it's Dragons. It's got to
0: be. Well, that U.S. title looks funny for a tag belt, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so we got kind of highlights from Shane McMahon's uh, unbelievable return from the week before. And um, Stephanie is seen walking backstage. We go back from the break, and uh, I believe... This is a segment with um, Stephanie and, and Vince. I didn't really get to see a, a whole lot of it, but... Uh, um, Zach, do you recall this was a backstage segment, or like did they do this in the ring?
2: Uh, I wasn't... Uh... I watched some of this show, like, I didn't watch all of it. I watched some of the main ones, mm-hmm. so I'm not too sure what happened in this promo. Yeah, it must um, have been
0: while I was out of the room.
2: I, 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 and this, this, we're talking about Stephanie McMahon here, right? She had, like,
0: a little segment where she kind of came out and talked about, uh, yeah, she, she, her she, husband. Uh, she, she, she was
2: trying to accept deserved the legacy. this award. Yeah, she was trying to accept the legacy of Excellence Award. Again, except again, she got booed. because, because she got interrupted <laughs> and... I, just
0: just wait for her to kind of come out and get heel heat.
1: There's yeah, really the exactly. like whole reason for it. What and I love know what, is it's... how like, dismissive you guys are of this segment, and it was by far the best part of Raw last night.
0: Was it? Okay, so <laughs> if you want to break it down, then go, do go ahead, Alec. You can explain why it was the best part of a Monday night show. Well, just because, in all fairness, Stephanie
1: works the mic really, really well. She is well. a very good heel. I will like, give her that. And she, did, she had a really good spaz moment in it, where she's more or less like, you know, just... She's, trying to stay calm trying to stay collected like i just got the ex- the award of excellence for in the field of excellence you know what i mean that my grandfather uh, yeah yeah the my possible. grandfather made back in the WWW. If it was for my grandfather i would not be winning his award but like not to belittle this award cuz i'm sure it's worth jack you know yeah. Nothing. Yeah, oh. jack nothing keep it a pg in
3: here i don't even know if that's pg
1: (laughs) but yeah so basically she comes out and she more or less in the same vein that triple h did earlier she starts just kind of trash talking uh her brother and how the fans support him and just saying like how he ran out on the company how he just like wants to be like the prodigal son as he comes back Mm -hmm. but really he's like you know he's worth nothing he's blackmailing her and her father like all this stuff saying that like he could give it to his, like, you know, I believe her his children, but wouldn't want to give it to her children, even though, like, they're, they've really, like, fought for it and all that stuff. So it was just, it's trying to start kind of heat between the family, like, you know, make, I don't really know the best way to, like, kind of word it, but, like, you know, just, like, kind of a sibling rivalry, I guess. Which yeah. Is, yeah. And then, like, you know, I'm not really sure the angle they're going for it, though, but beyond that, cause yeah. it seems like who, it's not like they're going to have, like, her and, like, Shane wrestle.
2: Just just to go off that point, uh Simon Zimmerman, our question master, I uh, mm-hmm. just wanna let you know he agrees uh, with what you said about that promo. He thought it was a fantastic promo as Stephanie well. Stephanie is very yeah. good on
0: the mic. She's a great yeah. character. I
2: like again, like I didn't I didn't get a chance to see all of Raw last night. Like I was preparing uh some other things, but I did see some of the main stuff. Like I saw the taker thing with, with yes, Vince. And we'll like, be talking like, about that. And you know what? Really. For it was short, but and, and I and I could see why people didn't like it. But but again, we'll talk about it later. But we will. But 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 again, I, I think it was I think it was pretty solid from what I saw. In my opinion, of course,
0: that is fair. So we got a pretty good little tag match with. Uh, I feel like I've seen it a few times though. The Lucha Dragons against the League of Booty. I, I mean, uh, <laughs> League of Nations. That Sheamus is very booty. And Rusev. And I just, I feel like these news, these teams, booty. especially like Sheamus being one half of them, it's been Sheamus and Del Rio, Sheamus and Barrett, now it's Sheamus and Rusev, and it's always against like the Luchas, like they've, they've been feuding with uh, the league for like ever now, it feels like. It's only been like two months, Yeah, and I feel like this tag match has happened at least like on the last four editions of Raw. Yeah. It's not that it's a... They always have very good tag matches. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm saying the match is bad or anything. It's just like, wow. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the same tag match. But a lot of good stuff. Kalisto, he's, I've gone on about him like every week. He really is kind of flourishing as a singles turn tag team It's just the problem again.
2: is he is a massive victim of 50-50 booking. He is. like Huge They don't let him win victim enough. victim of it.
0: If he wins a bit, he's got to lose.
2: Yeah. It's like no one can small. get momentum. No one could get momentum in this promotion because if you're small, you're
0: not allowed to have a. Exactly. Too, you're not allowed to have too much momentum. If you win a bit, you have to lose in return because you are tiny.
1: Oh yeah, like it's they can't be like these, like you know gods. They have to be human. You know what, yeah. what I mean? Like I just don't get it. Oh, unless you're
0: big, in which case you can win all the time and Superman everybody. But if you're small, you, if you win a bit, you always got to take a loss.
1: Well, it's like who has had the longest title reign since CM Punk? Um like in since terms of like punk? since yeah. punk
0: held the belt that's kind of hard to say like nobody's really held it for like Yeah, that not one. a long time. Maybe Rollins, maybe, maybe, Roll- maybe was seven, 4 there. months, 6, Roll- six Roll- months Roll- at Roll- 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 most. was getting up there was like 7 months, seven, yeah. 8. So he I would guess him would he held it longest since since punk had it.
1: Oh, I know, but he, like that's what I mean like they're not really trying to build up like these long title like Holding whatever word I can yeah, speak it's like anymore. they're not they're
0: not trying to invest in the champion for having a very long reign. Yeah, it's like okay, this guy's just kind of holding the belt and he's gonna drop it to some other guy and that guy's just gonna hold the belt for a bit. And it's not like they're looking at it is how how can the title really build the person and then have both things flourish
1: for a while. Yeah, it's just sort
0: of like well, they let the guy have the prop and he can kind of look cool with it for like a week or two and then we'll take it off and then somebody else will have the same turn to do that. It's like and, they're going for
1: quantity over quality.
0: Yes, yeah, and they've been doing that for like the last like five years, which is just frustrating. It baffles me. And anyway, um, Kalisto turned around into a big kick from Rusev, and that's how the speaking Winter of Rusev, Dragon didn't he have lost. a
2: body slam challenge that he announced on the show? Like, didn't wasn't he going to announce this body slam challenge? He, yeah, I believe he he did issue that, yeah. And, and did anybody accept this challenge? Maybe the TV
1: monitor did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Who was like, "I've taken down Randy Orton, I can take you on." <laughs> so, um, after the
0: match, um, Del Rio ends up uh, destroying Kalisto with like the double foot stomp. Just you know, to add insult, you're a U.S. champion. Everybody. He wasn't even in the match, but he decides to attack the. Uh, the U.S. champion, like a dastardly villain, and yeah. then they all go to the back celebrating.
1: Well, he, you can tell he wants that belt back. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, he <laughs> does. Double foot stomp on the champion when you're not even in I the mean, match. It Alberto mean, and a in that
2: sense, it's like he really wants this belt, and you can look at it as a way of, well, he really wants that belt, and, which makes it important, which makes it care. But they fought each other, like, seven times already. It's like, sometimes, like... It has been, like, almost overdone. It's, it's, it's crazy, and I, I think... Alberto Del Rio's got to move on to something else, and whether it be against Owens, I, I don't know. Um, but si- but Simon mentioned to us as well. Uh, what do you think about you know Wyatt and Owens, a tweener versus tweener match for the IC title?
1: Mm. They got to do something with Wyatt, and yeah. I mean Owens he, he needs Owen needs some sort of heat going into Mania. Yeah, because now that Ambrose is out of he's that not rivalry getting his heat from like, Big Show, I no, can tell you that no, no one gets heat from Big Show. Except Spike Dudley, because let's face it, Spike Dudley had to curl up with Big Show to stay warm on those cold no, nights. I don't know, when
0: Shane dived on him from like the Titantron. I think that got pretty over, but yeah. that was like
1: uh, a good, how many years ago now?
0: Uh, uh, more than ten. Yeah. I just love
1: all the memes that came out after Shane returned where it's like, I can jump off that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. I love those memes. Love so, those memes.
1: Ryback took on
0: Adam Rose. My boy Ryback. Your boy Ryback is getting those 2012 Goldberg chants again for whatever reason. People yeah, I don't understand and that. And be the switch to the pure black attire is what's causing people to remember, yeah. oh yeah, he is kind of like Goldberg, and so they chanted again. Even
2: though he's much, I, just, I don't think he was as athletic as Goldberg was in his prime, but I think he's a much better wrestler than Goldberg was. Okay, can you
0: explain it, this, please? Like, I'm trying you, to understand. You don't get the
1: Goldberg chants?
0: No, 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 You're mentioning of Ryback being like an actual better like worker than, than Goldberg. in ring worker in terms of like if he's not as athletic, what makes him a better wrestler? Well, he like, didn't it, ruin Bret Hart. That's true. He that, did not I mean,
2: I mean, you there's the reason where there's the comparisons. It's like Goldberg hit Bret Hart and Ryback hurt CM Punk, but the fact is though, if if you want to judge by you know injuries, and I'm not saying you know Punk's injury was bad or anything like that, like like or sorry it wasn't as significant because it was but like you compare it to Bretts and and you hear a lot of the stories about how both guys were unstable workers but to me I think it's just Ryback looks be- stiffer in the ring in my opinion except except uh when Goldberg does his spear when Goldberg does the spear like he legitimately comes at you and, and tackles you but it's like I think he's just more ag- a little bit more agile than Goldberg was in terms of, like, moving around the ring. Because Goldberg, I found, was very stiff when he would move around in the ring. Goldberg's a little more agile. Goldberg. Ryback's a little more agile. A little more
1: agile. A little more
2: agile, and I think he's got a little bit more of a zing to his step. I think he's got more quickness. Yeah, I don't what you're saying. In terms of overall athleticism, like, Goldberg... Was, you find him smoother. He's 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 much smoother. Yes. Like like with Goldberg, it was very stiff. With Ryback, like he'll have his stiff moments, but he has his moments where he's very smooth. Yeah, yeah. he's like got he's smoother. gotten
0: smoother. He was way worse like four it's been, years Like ago. I
2: could totally see where it came from during the CM Punk years. Like when he was feuding with Punk, I could totally see the comparisons because he was stiff. Like in 2012. Oh but, yeah, but right now. Uh, like I he's don't made think it, he's come I don't way. think it's completely warranted now because yeah. I think I think it's time to move on from that. Well,
0: I, he wasn't getting these chants in like forever, so it's weird that they're just like starting again now. Like it's just, like that it seems so old to be chanting Goldberg at Ryback. You know, it's like so 2012. Yeah. I
1: just think it's because it was Ryback versus Adam Rose, and it was just a throwaway match. Like where's this? There's no heat from this. It's no real storyline. <laughs> it's building. like it's
0: like two. It's two like, guys, it, two people going at it. It's like it's Rose, and you know he's not going to win, like, and it's Gibby useless.
1: Was so excited that Ryback won, and then yes. I just dashed his hopes and dreams by saying, "Oh, it's just against Adam Rose." Yeah, it
0: was. Did it actually kind of hurt a bit? Did it kind of down on you? Yeah, it was just Adam. It, it Rose. It was
2: just Adam Rose, but I'm glad to see the big guy win a win a match. So we
0: had oh, a absolutely! <laughs> Pretty like, fun little uh, tag and, match after. Okay, yeah. don't
1: and think he, I'm like taking stabs at oh, Adam no, no, Rose. No, no, no. He's a great wrestler. It's just the company's doing nothing with him. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's just he's a member of the
1: what, social Outcast. Yeah. yeah. My yeah, goodness,
0: there's not there's not much to it. Not not a whole lot. So we got a fun little tag match. New Day against Y2AJ. Very nice. I believe that's what Chris Jericho's has dubbed uh, this tag team. Yes, that is. I cool. just, I call, I just call it, it YAJ.
1: YAJ. YAJ. <laughs>
2: Y-A-J. <laughs>
1: but a uh, little bit of trivia here for you. Okay. It's uh Chalk Lesnar's birthday today.
2: Ooh, Chalk Lesnar. So is Booker T and Emma, by the way.
1: It's Booker T's birthday today too. Yes, it is. Him and Big E share a birthday? Yeah. That's a fun fact. And Emma. That's like a little bit of synchronicity. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Really? No
0: kidding. Oh, my goodness. So, this match, very good stuff. I Mm -hmm. mean, uh, I don't know. You obviously can't do it.
2: This was one of the better New Day matches Mm because, to me, New Day hasn't actually been... I mean, they're wrestling... I'm not saying the wrestling is bad, it's just there hasn't been a real standout match for the New Day. You know what I mean? You, what about the, the ladder match with like uh, other than the, the, ladder match, the Usos? Like, w- like a not gimmicked singles match, or tag team match, sorry. Mm. Not gimmicked, no last man standing, none of that. The last one I could really
0: remember that was really good was when Cesaro and Kid were still at the exactly. And that was when I believe they first ago. won the titles in yes. May. Yes.
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's how they that like, a long like time to me. Ago. It's like New Day's great. Like, they have their moments in the ring. It's just they haven't really had that real big standout match other than the ladder like match. Like the straight up but, tag. But, but just straight up tag. They haven't really had that great straight up tag match. They've all had great singles matches with other guys. Especially Big E recently, like Big E has really stepped up his game in terms of. The Big ring. E's the man. Big E is the man. He will so, be the star of this tag but, team. But as, a, but as a tag team, obviously as, a, as, as, as an actual group, very entertaining, very entertaining group. But in the ring, it's like there what there hasn't really been that standout match again, other than the latter match. So.
0: So apparently, so since they won, which the uh, the finish was. Um, I guess Jericho countered Kofi's attempt at trouble in paradise and ended up locking him in the walls. And he yep. got AJ, or he got uh, Kofi to tap. Jericho and Styles won, and then after the match, Jericho challenged them to a tag title match for next week's RAW, saying that the tag titles Y2AJ, New Day, and WrestleMania would never be the same
2: again. again. Ah.
0: So, I mean they can't are they would they really kinda of drop the titles to Jericho and Styles no, next week? No chance, think, right? No,
2: I I think it's gonna set up some sort of uh multi man
0: match? Because you really can't do this match at WrestleMania. No, I think it's gonna you... set up,
2: I think we're gonna finally see that Jericho heel turn.
0: Okay, yeah, because he is a little too buddy buddy with DJ, isn't he? It's very buddy very,
2: very buddy
0: and you don't really believe it. But then if he turns on him that would be like Styles and Jericho at Mania again for like the fourth time.
2: It's the fourth time, and I think they're trying to bank on the fact factors, like, oh, this is like a dream match, and we want to show you more of this match, and I think as well, too, at uh, Fastlane, they had a fantastic match. They did. Had a fantastic match, so... I, there's no doubt that they're going to have another fantastic match as well. I think it's just. And I know
0: they'd probably want to top it too because yeah. it's, well, it's WrestleMania. And AJ Styles is a friggin' suicidal yeah. machine. Just, it seems like it's a lot to do that match like four times in like a two month span.
2: I think, I think they screwed it up because they did Raw, SmackDown, then uh, Fastlane deal. Yeah, if they like, just did Fastlane. They'd be fine. would no be like, i, I would, I'd want to see a second match. I would have no problem with it at all. But it's it just like, one. this is the fourth one and you're really like. Unless it's, like, really big matches like Brett and Sean or, like, Steve Austin Rock and all this stuff.
3: Yeah. Then,
2: then, then it's kind of those fourth matches, like, I really want to see them fight again, you know, because there is that previous heat. But right now, the heat against Styles or the heat against Jericho is not very strong. And, and it's not strong, strong enough right now, in my opinion, to carry and, and really deserve a fourth match. Yeah, especially exactly. at WrestleMania.
0: So, anyway, we'll see where that goes, and it may end up with that heel turn. We'll have to find out next week. Do you
1: have anything to add to that, uh, Alec? Oh, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but how hard would you mark out if, for some strange, mystical reason, they put Styles in, like, you know, a match at WrestleMania with a mystery opponent, and Nakamura walks down the ramp? Ooh. My goodness, would that ever be... That It's not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That would never happen, but that
0: would be, it would be great... great. Theoretical circumstance.
1: Or even better, like if for some reason, like, you know, Jericho turns on him and it's just like, you know, we're going to be in like a tag team, like we're going to be against each other in like a tag team match, you know, but like they get to pick their partners. And, like, you know, Styles picks Baylor, mm-hmm. Jericho takes Nakamura.
2: And then you have...
0: The I mean, this is, this is just me playing
1: Dream Booker right now. Of some
2: beautiful magic.
1: Yeah, never gonna happen, but, you know. Too much Japanese
0: booking for the WWE to comprehend. Too much. Just a little too much. <laughs> just too much. Too much booking so. for them just, to yeah, comprehend. Just too much booking
2: in general. That's a, good, <laughs> that's a good fact.
0: So finally, we get the Vince and Undertaker segment.
2: I see. I saw this segment. And mm-hmm. uh, I will say, like, I can see why people felt underwhelmed because it was so short.
1: Um, oh is that why I was underwhelmed?
2: <laughs> but you you were you were underwhelmed with it?
1: I thought oh, it was yeah. okay. This is I the thing too. about the segment, and I'm not really like they had They're, one job, mm-hmm. and with this whole segment, was to make me understand why is Undertaker fighting Shane. Mm-hmm. Like why not, is not,
0: he fighting for Vince? Yeah, exactly.
1: Whatever. Why is he fighting for Vince? And after the whole segment has happened, it's like, I have no idea why Undertaker's even at WrestleMania right now. Yeah. It's just like, oh, Taker versus Shane. This is huh? Well
2: the thing is, is like I see that point, but i i i was I was reminded of the fact after watching this that there's still four weeks left. There's still plenty of time for them to develop this story. I think this is just slow increments. I'm gonna give this some time and rarely do I ever give w w e creative booking some time, but I think they have something i think I've seen something in the storyline that's kind of different from the others, and I think they're gonna develop off of that for the weeks to come and I think we will finally like understand sure. the motivations. I think right now it's just I think uh, you could tell from what I'm seeing, it's like Taker well, is the company man and he's going to do what the company wants him to do. And that's been his character forever. Um, but he's just reminding Vince his, bl- his son's blood is in his hands, not uh, in Vince's hands, not Taker's, which that, when I heard that line, I'm like, "Well, oh, that's kind of interesting. It, it's a oh, so he's playing
1: Pontius Pilate. That, do- that doesn't change the fact that he's still sending off Shane to his death.
2: Well, well, yeah, it's like, and, and of course at the end they, they were like, I denounce Shane, but it's like the way he said it to me seemed it wasn't very sincere, and there was still that moment where he, like, he didn't really want to say it. Like, it's those little things that they did in the promo that I recognize. So I'm going to give this a chance. I can totally see why people dislike it, and I can totally people see why people are very underwhelmed with it. But I'm going to give it a chance for the next couple of weeks. But if nothing comes from it, then I will totally agree with yeah, you guys. It will be completely underwhelmed. When I heard that Undertaker's going to be on the show, I was
0: I, like Alec. I wanted to know, okay, so why is he just going to be like representing Vince in Hell in a Cell? Like, why yeah. is Undertaker so open to that he's like an outlaw? Like he fights when he wants to fight. He shows up at WrestleMania to have a match and win. Which I guess maybe. The only way for us to be is, like, since he's, I guess, booked for a match, Undertaker at WrestleMania, he'll just show up and have that match like he does every year. And it's since Vince is the promoter, Mm -hmm. he's putting Undertaker in a big match. And it just so happens that he's putting Undertaker in a big match against his son. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's as deep as it goes. Mm -hmm. And he just knows that it's going to cause Shane a lot of anarchy and chaos to get through. And it will be a challenge that uh, Shane will not be able to win. I guess, if anything, it's still kind of intriguing. Like, you still kind of want to know where it's going to go. Even if if guys like me and Alec were disappointed with it this week, we still are kind of intrigued to maybe get some answers in, uh, say, the next week or two. I can at least give it that, but I wanted to hear more than, your son's hands. your your son's blood is in your hands, The main goal of
2: this was, like, obviously you want answers to questions, and Mm -hmm. I think it's just they want to keep those questions going for the next week, because... Right now, ratings are not good for WWE. Especially I mean, the only the time. only they only had one good week of uh, good, one good day of ratings, rather, and that was the Shane McMahon return. So,
0: so we're gonna just cap off RAW uh, in just a short bit, but we're gonna take a quick commercial break. So,
2: wrestling, wrestling butria, butria with ideas, ideas machka.
1: Like I expected, a tank to just roll on through the studio.
2: <laughs> I have come here to crush you.
1: <laughs> I told him to come here and grab the monitors. Like, no, I'm new, no radial champion.
2: Cabs, <laughs> Mike. Um,
0: oh, that'd be
1: great. A new wrestling
2: with ideas heavyweight champion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we get talking about Rusev. This show's never gonna end. Mm. Okay, so Jay Uso took on Bubba Ray Dudley. Since this is the new big uh, tag team feud that has nothing to do with uh, competing for the championships. And uh, it didn't really go on for too long, and Bubba, Bully Ray, whatever you want to refer to him as, actually won. He won with, uh, I guess, the, uh, is it the Bubba Bomb? That's his move, where it's like he kind of does like the sit-out full Nelson i I'm not exactly power bomb sure. thing. Is it called what? the Bubba Bomb? Is that what I would refer to it as?
1: I call it the Bubba, okay. The it's bubba, bubba like, Bomb. Okay. The Bubba Bomb? <laughs> just like add an extra syllable for no reason. Is that
2: for Dudley, uh, Bubba Ray Dudley's stuttering problem?
1: No, it's just the <laughs> Yeah. It's
2: better
1: anyway, than the reason I had.
0: Let's just leave it at that. The Dudley one over the Uso.
2: Definitely. So.
0: Definitely. All that matters. Yeah, that big the big old Dudley one over the over the Flying Uso. Was there any Flying Uso in that match? We I got a Flying it, Uso. match. Nah, there, there definitely were super kicks though. So, at least one. So, KO took on Big Show and I think they had the exact same match that they had on SmackDown the Thursday before that, which basically just led to Owens being crotched on the top rope, falling to the floor, and getting counted out. I don't know what they're building with us. If, if that's, like, the Intercontinental title program at WrestleMania, like, how disappointed would you gentlemen be if it's, like, if Big Show is Kevin Owens' first WrestleMania opponent? The only thing opponent?
2: I would look forward to is when Kevin Ow- Owens verbally eviscerates Big Show during his match. <laughs> like, I cannot wait for that.
0: Talking about how, like, <laughs> like, yeah. like
2: uh, just like what he did with Ziggler at his hometown. Was like, what would what would be like something he would say? <laughs> that was like, so good.
0: You're like ten times bigger than me, and I'm dominating you. What's going on here? Whatever. Like, just any sort. Like of blur- he's going
1: to be like people call me big, fat, and overweight. And I'm standing here next to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so man. I don't Love know Love a big just, show
0: I just can't help but feel That KO You're always welcome To WrestleMania. Hopefully they ideas. don't give Owens like the full Cody Rhodes treatment Where he actually drops The Intercontinental title The big show at Wrestlemania
2: Oh <sighs> yeah you Oh you remind me of that
0: I must remind you Because I am oh. feeling Very similar vibes here With this So oh. I hope they don't They don't Whoa, go that hey, way did you
2: jinx this
0: I'm not meaning to jinx it I just have no. a very bad Premonition here That's all but uh, uh
2: he still does business. That's what he said on the podcast. So by Owens
0: the way. is laying in the floor in pains. Still- he was badly crotched by a giant, and Big Show laughed at him. So that was that whole that whole segment. My goodness. Oh boy, Big Show in the intercontinental title title race. Naomi and Brie Bella. Did you enjoy Brie's performance in this match, Zach? Did you at least like it more than the Charlotte match from the week before that?
2: Oh man, and Bree Bree growing on you yet? No, no, I, did, I
0: figured <laughs> that's why I prompted you to answer the
2: question. No, I, it's just oh, oh man, I I I was very surprised how Free you didn't mode. think. I was very surprised how you didn't think the Bree Charlotte match was bad because a lot of people were saying this was a crap match. With well, that match last week It was a crap match I don't think it was crap It was just it okay It was a crap match It was not the worst
1: match Did you anyway, see the
2: g- match Alec? Um, last week's? Yeah Brie Bella versus Charlotte from In the, the
0: Fast lane pay-per-view Crap match Crap match! I didn't think it was crap. I just thought it was like okay, crap like it was match. Like like a, a, a genuine two star affair. No, nothing too. How is, how too is something terrible.
1: a genuine two star affair? It means like they like they actually just that's the. It was deep, average. Like that, that was what they wanted to achieve, and they got it. Like they didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. like, the I thought
2: high-back like, nonsense was, was over the top. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying Brie
0: Mode's cool. I'm not being like, oh, Brie Mode. Like, That's cool stuff. I love
2: how you use your husband's skin to get over. A, you're wearing a sweater right now. Do you have like a Brie Mode shirt underneath the like, sweater? Or, like, I, I, no, I, I do, do not. Oh, you're I wearing, to see a punk I'm wearing shirt a punk underneath. shirt
1: today. I was, oh, was going to say it's a hornswoggle.
2: Oh, damn <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh, so he's gonna be like, "Oh, hi, Hanswag." <laughs> this match was
0: so. If Zach was to go about how, like how average that match was. This match was even like more average. <laughs> like
1: average. I this, will
2: say Naomi is very underrated. Like, she, is. she doesn't get enough credit as a women's wor- uh, worker. She does, does not. Does not at all. She does good most of the time. Yeah, like she like when they need her to step up, she will step up. Now yeah, I don't and she, know. If be good in the ring. She's much better than Cameron. I will tell you that. Oh, Cameron had like <laughs> no ring skills. Yeah, I mean, man, like no simpy for Cameron. Eh? Like, no simpy for Cameron. Like, no Just simpy simpy no for chance Cameron there. At all. Like like she's she's doing awful and You don't get my Simpy at all Just
0: no simpy Even Scott Steiner agrees with you, Zach. So that's a big deal. Anyway, uh, Naomi won actually, yep. and she's using like I guess a new submission for her finish because she ended up getting Brie to tap out. Yes, and I don't know if she's ever used that submission before. This might be a first. Anything
2: better than the rear end?
0: Honestly, the rear end was a kind of a joke. Yeah, finishing move because so. she has a big buttocks. <laughs> That's the whole reason for it. Let me just bounce you with my rear, With my <laughs> rear
1: view. <laughs> what does she Rikishi now? Yeah. All, All of she's a been sudden, using it since like well, NXT. Well, she is married
2: to an USO. The flying USO. Flying USO.
1: <laughs> so,
0: uh, the fabulous Freebirds. That's Alec
2: are... Miskey face palms in the corner. Poor Alec. Poor Alec.
0: The fabulous. to deal
2: with us for an my hour. goodness.
0: I blame you. <laughs> <laughs> I am <laughs> the weakest link. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. It's fabulous. Draws f- Gibby. <laughs> my goodness. The fabulous Freebirds are going into the WWE Hall of Fame, which is good. isn't he like the isn't uh, Michael Hayes like the only one who's still. Uh, Living like now though of the original, I think so. Freebirds, so there, like
2: there may be another one. I'm gonna I'm gonna search that up. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that there may, there may be another one, but I'll
0: check. Because that that'd be a little weird. He's like the only one to accept the, uh the, the uh, Hall of Fame speech, and he's the only Freebird to actually accept it. Maybe there's like a See, couple of them. That are Buddy Roberts middle.
2: died unfortunately. Terry Gordy died
1: unfortunately he's still alive
2: J- jimmy Gar, oh jimmy garvin still alive.
1: okay so that's like the okay. only so he's, he's not, still- not going to go up to the podium and let loose like a dove and be like this is for you boys This is for you <laughs> and, i don't even Brad- know if that's what he Brad sounds Arntron, like i don't remember the bird, away. so it's like only those two could be like accept the
0: award then
2: yeah so so yeah jimmy garvin and uh, michael hayes but but those were like that was one of the original teams it, i
0: think yeah and well hayes so- is kind of like the charisma of the of the group really. oh yeah absolutely the other two are like the workers. But uh, anyway, pretty good tag team. I mean, I'm kind of surprised they haven't been inducted before this year, to be it's honest. Just,
2: it's just because, you know, P.S. Hayes has been working there for so long. There's mm-hmm. this idea that it's it's kind of unfair. But I think because they're going into Texas and they were so huge during that uh, mid-South era, uh, fu- uh, feuding with the Von Erics down there. I mean, I, I, it's, I think it was just a no-brainer just to put them into the Hall of Fame at this point.
0: So um, Sasha and Becky are backstage and they are talking about their match from earlier. And Charlotte and her dad show up. And Charlotte Always tells them that they will face each other one more time on SmackDown. So that's the show that's being taped as we speak. Yep. And the winner of that match will face her at WrestleMania. So maybe they'll do the whole triple threat angle on SmackDown then.
2: Maybe. But 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 again, it, going back to NXT, what they're doing with Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn, mm-hmm. like they they did like so many different stipulations until till finally it was a two out of three falls match to find a real winner, um and that and that turned out to be Samoa Joe.
1: So wow, and that is not a spoiler. I, I thought he by only had like an eight and one third chance of winning. <laughs> eight and a third chance of winning. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. <laughs> And this spelled disaster for you at sacrifice.
0: And then we had our main event: Dean Ambrose against Alberto Del Rio. I'll
2: be honest; I thought this was very sloppy. I didn't like this match. I thought it was it was, thought it was very underwhelming.
0: It was,
2: yeah. <laughs> it, it was. I, I I was expecting more from this, especially you from have that, been. especially after that finish. But it, like the the DQ win from uh, Ambrose.
0: Well, that kind of played into the story of what they were. I telling.
2: know, but it's just like. The way they were doing the match, it was just like, I, ju- I just wanted a bit more to deserve that DQ. You
0: know what I mean? You just didn't feel like it like built up to the point where exactly. they could just throw a DQ at you. Exactly. It's like they jumped the gun with it.
2: Del Rio, can, like, Del Rio can be on his game sometimes, but then Del Rio can be like very, very, very sloppy uh, at times. And then that's just kind of been the story of his comeback since then is that he can be really good. Like, we've seen this with Kalisto. He could be really good with Kalisto, or he can be really bad with Kalisto. And so far, fortunately, we've seen a lot of good uh, And recently with Kalisto, especially the recent two out of three falls match, which I think was their best match. And it yeah. was
0: on the pre-show. <clears throat> and it was on the pre-show. <laughs> let's, not,
2: let's not go into that right now. But uh, but yeah, this one right here, yeah. I just I, I, I couldn't Zach get it Zach is
0: pretty well true. It was basically just regular paint by the numbers main event. Where yeah, it's like Ambrose and Del Rio were wasting time until all of a sudden the important person's music hits and Triple H comes out, the and then six <sighs> the league on Ambrose and they beat him down for a while, mm-hmm. and then Triple H. Basically picks the scraps. Actually, Ambrose kind of took the fight to him post-match, started punching at him and whatever, and then Triple H, I believe, low-blowed him and yep. gave him uh, a pedigree. Mm-hmm. And then threw him around, beat him down on the announce table, did not pedigree him through it, just yeah. kind of walked away like the kind COO. Mm-hmm. I guess he kind of pushed the cerebralness aside and said, okay, I am done beating this man down for now. I am not going to give him the same savage uh, beating as Roman Reigns, but I'll get close to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, basically, it's kind of like a very similar ending to Two Raw's now. Triple H just kind of comes, interrupts a match between one of the two brothers in arms, and then proceeds to beat them down. But this now leads to the big news of the Roadblock special. Yep. They're changing In Toronto, the, by the way. Yeah, because they're changing the name to it. It was originally called what, Road, to, Road to WrestleMania. It was like
2: Road or Marsh to WrestleMania. March to because WrestleMania it was, March. It was the original. Because it's March, creativity yeah. in WWE.
1: March Vince to WrestleMania. Vince Russo called it March. Because it's March, see, bro. If we're gonna
2: call it April to
0: WrestleMania. See, bro,
2: it's in
1: March, so I thought calling it March to
0: WrestleMania <laughs> would be a great idea. We're gonna put the belt on Hogan and what we it's gonna be it's gonna get over, bro. It's WCW get over. will be
2: back, bro, and we're gonna reignite the Monday Night Wars, bro. I'm
0: telling you, we are gonna get Vince Russo for an interview. Yeah, we, mark, we will make it our goal my to words. get Russo. I want to interview that guy so bad.
2: You you for those who are listening in, if you want to listen to us interview Vince Russo, we will start up a petition, alright? We'll start up a petition and we will send it over to Vince Russo to get an interview with Vince Russo. It'll happen, folks. We will make sure it happens. i not As even Alec Miski has broken down the corner. He's broken kayfabe. He's so, breaking kayfabe at WWE
1: roadblock. <laughs> he pulled to WrestleMania. <laughs> it's a swerve, bro. It's a swerve. You think it's <laughs> Why the... did I get this GPS device?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, anyway, it's not called April to WrestleMania. It's actually, oh, they renamed man. it Roadblock, and uh, Triple H will be defending the title against yeah. Ambrose at this event. Now, it seems all too obvious that like, Hunter's going to retain anyway. But I guess it's a good little ploy to maybe get people to think he may drop the ball. Or maybe it's one of those things where it's like they know Triple H wasn't going to defend it until WrestleMania, so they're giving him the one preliminary, one title defense. Yep. Beforehand. For Isn't that like
2: a, as part of the 30-day rule as well? It's all about
0: keeping Roman strong, right? Like if Triple H is kept strong and then Roman here beats him. The in this segment
2: as well was when Triple H was beating up Dean, boos. When Triple H was beating up uh, Reigns, cheers. Reigns so, is supposed to be the one that's well, going to yeah. be the big well, baby face.
1: So I, I just got a question for you here then. What do yep. you think if like Triple H drops the belt mm-hmm. to Ambrose? Really? Just think about this a second, right? Okay, so okay. now in the main event at WrestleMania is Ambrose versus Reigns. And like they kind of like you know Triple H hypes it up as now it's like brother against brother or whatever like that, and that's where we have Reigns finally do a heel turn because let's face it, he is not getting over as a face.
2: Well, no the chance. thing is, you could have it where it's like you have Reigns joining the Authority.
1: Yeah, but where does that lead Brock though? Because he's
0: gonna face Ambrose in the street fight.
2: That's 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 the big right? that's right. the key. You could have like Triple H coming in or something like that. It'd be like. We have unfinished business, but again, that's that's a match. Yeah, I, don't I think could actually see really Brock
0: costing it. Dean the, the title, title at yeah. the special. Exactly, is Brock, Brock is something. advertised for that show, right? Yeah,
2: and there and they and there's a huge gap between WrestleMania and Extreme Rules this year. Like they've moved it back into May, I believe. Yeah, it's very far. like it's a huge gap, and so you could build up, and they love uh, building Extreme Rules up as the like the feud finishing pay per view.
1: Yeah. I love it for post mania. <laughs> exactly. So because well, more or less you want to reset the roster. At, well, not the roster, but the storylines after exactly. mania. Exactly. Like, because it's it's your show stopping finish.
2: Yeah. So like for those storylines that like have been going on mm-hmm. for forever, extreme rules is that, and I, and I think it's the perfect pay per view stipulation as well because you'll see a lot of storylines that will go in there and they'll need like a tables match or just the street fight but in, in all
0: honesty Hunter retains at this at this network special yep. oh, no question right like that's that's an obvious unless you set you up a fatal four
2: way between Triple H Lesnar Ambrose and Reigns how come that's I feel question? they're almost
0: not like keeping that out of an idea to do. Like, I could still see them kind of pulling that in like the next two, three weeks. I would not be surprised at all if it did happen. Because I'm not, not going to hold out hope that it does, but if they were to change it, that would be the match that they change it to.
2: Yeah. Because they, the, they saw the whole ordeal with Reigns being booed, and they're like, oh, we got.
0: It ain't going to get any better for this guy <laughs> as we get closer to this big event. It's yeah. not going to get any better. These fans are just. Gonna give him. You don't get my
2: simpy at all.
0: <laughs> no simpy at all. On uh, the road to WrestleMania,
2: we'll be playing that a lot for Roman Reigns.
0: Uh, it's basically Roman Reigns' like catchphrase, and he's not even the one who said it. Like, yeah, it's crazy. So we are going to um, have a nice little interview for you coming yes. up after a this quick is, commercial break. So the, we're gonna, have, I'm gonna have Zach kind of sell it for you before we go on break. Yeah, here. Yeah,
2: it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. We uh, got an interview with Global Force Wrestling owner and 11 time world champion Jeff Jarrett. And we had a great chat. We first started off on WCW, and then we really focused in on Global Force Wrestling and talked some TNA in there as well. And, uh, but this is certainly an interview that you guys will certainly be looking forward to, so stay tuned. Welcome back inside Wrestling With Ideas. I am Zach McGibbon. I have on the line an accomplished wrestler who won multiple titles over his career, including being a six-time world champion in TNA, a four-time world champion in WCW, and a six-time intercontinental champion in the WWE. He is now the founder and owner of Global Force Wrestling he looks to bring the force back into professional wrestling. He, of course, is Jeff Jarrett. How are you doing today, Jeff?
3: Good, Zach. How are you doing? I uh, appreciate you having me on today.
2: Oh, I'm doing g- good, and I'm glad that we uh, have you on here for uh, Wrestling With Ideas. Uh,
3: glad to be here, ready to talk uh, all things wrestling, uh, past, present, and future, because a uh, lot's going on with Global Force Wrestling. It's an exciting time, and so uh, ready to get down to business here, Zach.
2: Yeah, awesome. And uh, just before we talk about uh, Global Force, I want to go a little bit into uh, WCW, if that's all right.
3: Sure. We, we, we. Talk about a little bit of
2: everything. Awesome. So uh, just wanted to ask, what was it like wrestling for WCW in the late 90s, early 2000s?
3: You know, it, it, my family's been in the business. Uh, I'm a third generation, so I've worked for several different uh, organizations over the years all around the globe. And, and WCW, uh, like every promotion, has their, uh, you know, the uniqueness about it. it I, I was there, uh, you know, in 96 when things were really uh, starting to take off and, and then came back. And uh, at the end of the day, it, it was a enormously publicly traded company, uh, so it had a lot of corporate uh, aspects of it, and, and sometimes uh, that can be very good uh, because of funding. But on the other hand, sometimes the, the corporate suits, if you want to call them that, uh, don't don't understand professional wrestling because it is, you know, it, it's a niche uh, uh, form of uh, of a business. It's obviously not sport, uh, but it is definitely got aspects of it, but it's obviously entertainment as well. And so, uh, you know, there were some uh, obviously tough bumps in the road, and, and it was, a, you know, a, a crazy unfortunate situation. Who would have thought, you know, in, in the late 90s that in 2001, Biff would have bought uh, WCW for the price he paid?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what do you think was the ultimate downfall of WCW in the end?
3: Uh, yeah, You can't point your finger at any one isolated incident or any... Uh, one person by any stretch of the imagination. It was obviously uh, a combination of, of, of bad decisions made over and over and over, uh, that, that ultimately, uh, you know, when you're, when you're uh, losing more money than you're making at the end of the day, and then, you know, the, the people that are above that, that don't have a lot of a emotional investment in it, that it's that it, it, it truly just another asset or, or liability within the Time Warner, AOL corporate structure. Uh, they pulled the plug, and, and, and that was it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, now let's go right into uh, Global Force Wrestling. Uh, what's going to make Global Force Wrestling different from other wrestling promotions around the world?
3: You know, Zach, uh, again, uh, my, I'll go back to my history. That, that you know, My family's been in this business a long time, and so to be unique, on on every facet, it isn't really good business. But but what one, one, a couple of the things that we are doing and in the process of doing is is we're partnering with other promotions. You know, the last 15 years, organizations are, quite frankly act like they're the only wrestling organization uh, that exists. And we all know with social media and the digital age and and, and just how uh, broad the wrestling business is. That 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 that, that is. Uh, uh, not accurate, and the wrestling fans know that, and they know that there's wrestling in Germany, and France, and United Kingdom, and Mexico, and Japan, and Australia, and all, all over the place. Uh, and so, we want to bring different styles of wrestling, different wrestling fan bases, and put them under one umbrella, and and strive to put out the best bell-to-bell product uh, that, that we can. And then we are, without question, and it reflects in our in our social media that we want to be fan interactive and. You know, there are other promotions, and, and back in the day when I was at TNA, we really strived on that. But, but we want to do that and, and it to the next level. And, well, we, we've had our VIP meet and greets, and we've you know, just in uh, into in, in, in the play the, uh, basically a Q&A, a uh, structured Q&A within the VIP meet and greet, and, and just all sorts of things like that.
2: Absolutely, and uh, you mentioned uh, TNA uh, used to be part of uh, the ownership there. Is there any uh, lessons you've learned from TNA that you're going to apply here in Global Force Wrestling?
3: Well, and it's not just you TNA. Know, I'll just say we're all the sum total of our experiences and our decisions, and one thing for sure is, is that we are being very methodical on the rollout, on a step-by-step, because uh, creating brand awareness is, is our number one priority and has been for, for, for quite some time. And in 2016, it, it's not the easiest thing to do uh, just because there are so many options out there uh, in sports and entertainment. But, you know, a lot of it, I'm from Music City, so I know the music business pretty well uh, and that, I, I, you know, I see how there's a fundamental shift in the music business and, and, and the real concentration on touring. And so... Uh, we are really laser-focused and partnering. we got a, a bunch of show announcements coming up. We're headed to the United Kingdom, uh, specifically England, Exeter, Coventry, and London uh, next week. And, and looking forward to go, that. That's going to be our second tour of the United Kingdom. We're headed to Germany in April. we um, got a lot of promotions in Maryland and Virginia and Pennsylvania and Jersey and, gosh, North Carolina. We've got a lot of shows coming up. Uh, in the second, third quarter of this year uh, four baseball uh, Grand Slam shows, we got some fair dates so it's an exciting time uh, building out the brand.
2: Your first TV deal uh, was with New Zealand and uh, congratulations on that obviously I'm coming from Canada uh, I would love to see Global Force Wrestling come to Canada is there any sort of TV deal being established in Canada that we know of?
3: Well, uh, and, the, and the New Zealand folks sort of jumped the gun and, and we're still polishing things up but we've got a lot of Fun is one word I use, but exciting international announcements are going to be coming down the pike. Uh, obviously, we're in discussions not just with Canada, but to answer your question, yes, we are in discussions with Canada, uh, but Mexico, Japan, all through Europe, South Africa, uh, Sub Saharan Africa, all over the world. And it, that has been a challenge lining things up. And then, you know, uh, the, the million dollar question that, because we are U.S. based, is where are you going to land in the U.S.? And we're going to be making. Some announcements and, and some partnerships that are that are, are a game changer for us and and taking us to the next level as far as television production.
2: And uh, also, you decided to go uh, back with the six sided six sided ring. Sorry, uh, what made you decide to go with the six sided ring for Global Force Wrestling?
3: You know, it, 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 it's when I in TNA made the decision to go with the six sided ring there. I I loved it because it's got a uniqueness, and when you're up in the channels, you know immediately it's not the leader in the marketplace, WWE. So how can you differentiate yourself from from, from your competitor on on just subtle subtle ways and not-so-subtle ways? But it really took on a life of itself, and then when I started Global Force, I've always been a fan uh, of the six-sided ring for, for numerous reasons. Uh, but I just think it, it, it does give us a uniqueness, and it and it, it and it's obviously created a lot more chatter than I ever dreamed it would. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, and uh, also uh, WWE announced recently that for their network they were going to do the Global Cruiserweight Series. Uh, are you worried that they're going to be taking talent away uh, from your roster to support this uh, series on the network?
3: You know, you can't worry about what you can't control. Uh, and that, that, you know, like I said, they are the leader in the marketplace. They're the not 800-pound group, they're the 8,000-pound group. You know, they got north of 90% of the wrestling market share. And so we just want to continue to, to chip away. But I, I am well aware of how deep uh, the free agent market is. So there's only so many spots that, that NXT and the, 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 the main roster, WWE, and so they can't, and that's the nature of this business, they can't make everybody happy. Uh, it's just an impossibility. And there's more than enough free agent talent uh, to support multiple rosters around the globe.
2: Absolutely. And uh, also, how is your relationship uh, with Vince Russo? Uh,
3: you know, uh, email, I don't know, not, not too long ago. Uh, he's doing his thing with his podcast, and I, I wish him nothing but success.
2: Also, uh, you went on TNA and uh, helped promote uh, Global Forest Wrestling. Is there any continuing uh, relationship TNA as of this point?
3: I mean, we had uh, well, we, we 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 did have Bobby Roode scheduled earlier for this year, so the talent exchange on a very loose basis continues. Um, but you know, our our, our shows that the blizzard of two thousand sixteen sort of prevented it. But but no, you know, I've still got relationships with with several of the talent there, and and uh, you know. They're on top and they're doing their thing right now, but there is a, there is still a I'll call it a, a, a loose relationship there.
2: Okay, and uh, also uh, you also said on T- TNA TV uh, you've made amends with your father uh, Jerry Jarrett. Uh, will he have any influence on Global Force Wrestling moving forward?
3: I was asked that yesterday, and, and you know what? He, he's obviously my father has been an influence in my entire life, uh, specifically in it relates to the wrestling business. But you know, right now we've got a, a great father son relationship, and we're both going to leave it at that.
2: Is there any uh, wrestlers on the indie scene you see right now that you could you, you'd want on your Global Force Wrestling uh, roster?
3: Well, I, I certainly wouldn't be telling you <laughs> <laughs> if, if, I, if I did. But no, I've got my eyes, and, and and that's one thing that we've done at our team is really, really, I have a concentrated effort to, to keep us aware of you know all the free agent town out there. And I was in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, Saturday, and you know, like I said, we're going to the UK next week and come back and. and Several co brand shows coming up, so I've got my ear to the ground and, and and really continue as I have over the last eighteen to twenty or so months to, to, to keep up my pulse on on, on the independent scene.
2: Absolutely, and uh, your show, uh, Global Force Wrestling, amped. Is it going to just stay in Las Vegas in terms of tapings, or are you looking to expand across the U.S.? We're
3: we're talking several different venues, Vegas being one of them. Uh, Those decisions, like I said, we're going to be making an announcement next, uh, I don't know, a week or two uh, that will encompass, uh, you know, the location where Amp is going to be moving from place to place.
2: Okay, and uh, also, uh, where do you see the wrestling business uh, heading in the next couple of years?
3: You know, I I just think with digital media and, and... uh, the the continue you know digital, social media is not going anywhere. I, I I think it's going to continue to grow. I've said this story many, many times. When I broke into the business, you had to get on TV uh, just to get your name out there. Those days are gone, and and with the, all the streaming services and, and and YouTube and all the social media platforms, you can create a brand awareness uh, without that. And so I think the business is going to become much more. I don't want to say tight knit, but you know more more closely related with Mexico and, and Japan, and you know I, I strive that about that from day one uh, launching it. You know we brought Russell Kingstein and, and brought Tim Ross on board, and what a fantastic event! And that was you know that was our very first foray into working with other promotions. and I, I I see that continuing to be a trend.
2: And uh, for Global Force Wrestling, do you ever envision seeing a digital media network similar to the WWE Network for Global Force Wrestling?
3: There's no way you compare apples to oranges in in this uh, set of circumstances because of their archives. You know, they've built years building that library. And so that network, you know, I don't know how many thousands of hours they have, but but every promotion is going to have a digital presence. Uh, moving forward. If they're not, they're going to be uh, spinning their wheels.
2: Thanks again, Jeff Jarrett, for uh, coming in and uh, telling us all about Global Force Wrestling and giving a little bit of insight into WCW.
3: Good. I appreciate your time today, Zach. And uh, I won't be a stranger and talk soon. And and I appreciate all the the promotion that you give Global Force Wrestling. And you can go to our website, get all the latest breaking news at globalforcerwrestling.com. Or follow me on Twitter or Instagram at at RealJeffJarrett. So thanks for
2: your time today. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jeff. And I wish you uh, great success for Global Force Wrestling in the future. So, Zach,
0: how was that actually getting to speak with uh, Jeff Jarrett in the moment? Like if you had to kind of recollect on it?
2: Uh, It was was super cool. I mean, obviously when you're talking to somebody in the business uh, who's been in the business for for quite a while and it comes Mm -hmm. from a big lineage of uh, wrestling families, um it it's really cool and uh it was it was interesting getting to uh talk to him about global force wrestling and all that and uh just hearing his insight on what he wants to build for the promotion because it because obviously you know people want him to get that American TV deal and he mentioned that as well yeah. um and 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 of course uh they they want to be competitors and they understand that WWE is a big uh holder of the market share as he mentioned and uh it was it was very interesting to here is insight into a global force. Restaurant. It's
0: weird that the the whole contract thing, like the fact that TNA yeah, still has with, with Rude, has some say in like Bobby Rude's career. Like it's yeah. a little weird. So, do they, is it merchandise? Is it, or is rude. it like it, like they also can
2: book him for shows? Like what? Yeah, exa- I mean, what what the deal with their contracts is is um, as long as the as they're not on uh, pay per view, I believe. That I think they're fine, even TV though. Um, But it's weird because TNA gave some exceptions to Bobby Roode and Eric Young to be on Global Force Wrestling. Um, Now whether that be you know that they have something in their contract or they said, listen, we need to do that or whatever, I'm not too sure. But again, the strange thing. And I asked it too. It's like, how how is this partnership with TNA? And it's been and and it's it's very like uh, it's not really solid. But it's kind of there, you know. Yeah, it's not like super bad. It's not very big, but it's not very loose either,
0: so. Yeah, that's a very fair thing. And then you gotta love, uh, kind of. Uh, did he say things with his dad are like all right now? Yep, uh, pretty yeah, well because they're not working together. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: but they're not. They're not working together, and I think that's a good thing for them because you know the rumor is what is uh, that you know TNA was the thing that separated them. Unfortunately, that's, of course, a rumor. We cannot confirm or deny. Nor deny. Yeah. But, it but, has but, a but presence. Course, but, but, but it's but it's very nice to see that they're able to reconcile. And you know what? It's good to keep it as a father-son relationship. So it's I'm, very good stuff.
1: I'm really surprised he was so cordial about the Vince Russo question.
2: Yeah. He didn't really right. go into too much detail on that, eh?
1: Yeah. It's like
2: probably good. it's yes. <laughs> For the
0: best. Don't For get me wrong. him.
1: Yeah. You know, like you don't want him just flying off the handle, but yeah. like I thought, th- like that would have gotten like a much more volatile reaction. Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't even know things had gone south between them until like this interview was done. Like I was like, "Wow, mm-hmm. oh, like Jeff hates Russo." Well, it's
2: not like Jeff hates Russo, right? It's just kind of like, you know, that he's not as, you know, with Russo as he. Because they were been.
0: tight. I know they were, they were very tight, tight at one point. Yeah, very tight. So it was a surprise for me to hear that he would just kind of brush him off in an interview. It's like, yeah. oh, things must not be going as well as they used to.
2: But, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we'll have that interview as well up on Podomatic as well.
0: Yeah, and so, ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to take another quick commercial break, and then we got a massive surprise for you oh, when big. we come back. It's huge.
1: Jesus! Hi, I'm Matthew, and you're listening to Wrestling With Ideas on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. Oh, man. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We've got Matthew from Botchamania coming to us next week. It's going to be great.
2: It is a fantastic
1: interview. Yeah, like just a great guy to sit down and chat with.
2: How long was that interview again? <laughs> like, well, I,
1: like, I went into it expecting to get like about a half hour out of him, mm-hmm. and it ended up being about an hour and a half.
2: Yeah, it was so... It's like a
0: 90-minute <laughs> podcast yes. sort of ordeal, because keep in mind, this is the guy who decided to take every single screw-up on wrestling television and even, like, other live shows, put them together for the ultimate blooper compilation. He's been doing this significant, like, for, like, the last seven years. Almost ten years. Like, yeah. he's been doing this for a long time. Long, like, and long somehow time. was the guy to figure it out. Like, he was, like, <laughs> nobody else thought to put,
1: like, botches together before him. <laughs> like, he was the guy to figure that out. It's crazy. Incredibly humble, too. Like, he's just, oh, like, yeah. I'm, I'm, like, he's honestly feels like he's doing nothing special. Like, he's just kind of having fun. You know, yeah, like, no kidding. It's very,
2: it was very conversational, our talk with uh, Mr. Matthew. A lot of great t- discussion. We talked TNA, we talked WWE, WrestleMania,
1: a t- whole bunch of things. And probably we talked just- Nintendo 64. Oh, we talked a lot oh, of video games. Oh, you probably talked well.
2: a fair
0: share of video games because with his selection on the, just the tracks he puts in his videos, you can just tell he's definitely full on retro, oh, retro yeah. gamer to the max.
1: Like, Gibby was just sitting in the room going, I have no idea what they're talking about Like, I understood, like,
2: Super Mario 64 and all that, but once you were going even further back, I'm like, okay, you've lost me. They're (laughs)
0: in the 80s now, like, I can't keep up with this old video game. My 18-year-old mind cannot take this.
1: We were talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and Gibby's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard of Binding of Isaac. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have uh, Matthew,
0: the Matthew interview coming up next week, and I am thrilled. That's like big; it's huge news. Yes. We just keep getting these big guests yeah, one after another. Of our
2: expansion, of wrestling with ideas.
0: We're gonna have the network soon.
2: <laughs> it's gonna cost you guys nine ninety
0: nine yeah. to tune in each week. <laughs> so we have um, our question for the week. I would assume yes, by, from do. Simon. So, let's uh, get that queued up here. Let's see. The question of the week is... Drumroll.
2: All right. How
0: would you guys book next Monday's tag title match? My bold prediction, New Day retains thanks to AJ turning heel on Y2J.
2: Ooh, AJ Styles. AJ
0: turning heel. heel. Would he turn heel before the Bullet Club shows up, though? Or would they show up? I'm actually just joking.
1: But, <laughs> okay. is as we said earlier in the show, like it seems like they're more or less pushing towards Jericho being the heel. Yeah, because he's so, the one
0: being like overly oh, really, buddy-buddy, right? So yeah. it's like, clearly, that's where it's going to go. Why,
1: why wouldn't they have Jericho turn heel? Because, like, you know, the fans already love Jericho, let's face it. Yeah. And the fans, for the most part, like, um, any wrestling fan really likes AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. But there's no real reason to like him in WWE just yet, like, as a character.
0: Yeah. Because so he's, just, he's kind of he's been there, but like he's not fully established as a character yet. Exactly. Right? So.
1: so it's like you need to have him have a good heel to go up against because you don't want to put him on a heel run at the beginning. Cause the fans will just lo- ruin Lamentum. Yeah. So like if you have um, not necessarily you know turn heel in the match, but basically more or less you know some sort of something happens where Jericho just you know misses a spot or whatever and takes out Styles instead of someone from uh, the New Day. <laughs> And then that's what causes the breakdown.
2: Uh, and uh, Simon just uh, messaged me as well. He's saying because Jericho turning heel to him is just too obvious. And he feels there's a swerve uh, to make it a AJ <laughs> see, bro, I got to book
0: a swerve for next Monday's Raw. Everybody's going to be talking about it. And you know what will it.
2: happen? We'll bring back the main event mafia, bro. Bullet Club versus main event mafia. WrestleMania main okay, event. Okay, just
0: so we can go on about this, was he the one who created the main event mafia? Was that his Russo, idea? Russo
2: was booking in that era.
0: So, so. It probably was his idea. We're gonna put we Kurt Angle, Sting, tonight. Kevin Nash, Booker T, and Scott Steiner together. They're gonna tear it up, bro! Yes. Best faction in professional wrestling. But yeah, no, I get I get his point though. Like yeah. if Jericho did turn, it's like yeah, you can totally. See and, that he, and he says, "Why not away.
2: shock the fans and have AJ turn and create a mm-hmm. moment?"
1: You know, I can see the argument for it as well. Like both yeah. of it works.
2: Yeah, swerve. So.
1: So, would you guys?
0: Uh, is there going to be a heel turn of some sort? If you had to take a, a guess, yes, the next
2: week's there show? will be a heel turn, but I do think it is going to be Jericho.
0: And I am going to have to parrot that because although the all-
2: this idea, I, I kind of like, I kind of like this idea. It's because it's cause
0: it's at a left field. Only, right? only
2: if Carl Anderson and uh, Doc Gallows join him and yeah, in if he's got heel. his Bullet Club. It's fine. If Bullet Club debuts, I will be totally down for that.
0: Then it's like a Bullet Club debuts. Is it another Jericho match like depending on the turn is it gonna be AJ and Jericho again how do you well, handle well you this could have Jericho forward? bring
2: up some guys from NXT to be his representatives and you can elevate them to a top level and you have a three-on-three match so,
1: so you're true. basically like having a proxy war between yeah. two raw personalities using NXT you know, know how much US. <laughs> do, you know
0: how much they're probably not gonna do that
2: Oh, by like a hundred percent. Yeah, uh, like like the likelihood of them using it is like zero point one percent.
0: I would argue even less. It's pretty crazy. Um, so we're just gonna go over some rumors really quickly okay. for uh, the show here. The rumor roundup for March first, 2016. So the talk of the uh, the WWE brand split actually started before Shane's return was official and uh, his WrestleMania match stipulation is a result of their thinking about going back to running Raw and SmackDown as separate entities, as different promotions. And uh, it's not quite the start. They were actually thinking of it before this whole angle began. So does that mean the likelihood of getting a brand split is all the better after WrestleMania?
2: Do you, you think know, they return I think, to that?
0: I think they have the depth you know what, for like, it, but like, would I they was, be able to execute it? I was
2: reading an article about like them discussing about uh, NXT... Uh, being involved in this brand split and being like, it would make NXT even more awesome because if once NXT call-ups do call up, get called up you can have it where you have your separate GMs like Finn Balor you can have Mm -hmm. the GMs be like, man this Finn Balor guy in NXT is really lighting it up, I would love to have him on my roster and you can have it where it's like this angle, like similar what they did with Savage in the late 80s when they were trying to find his manager, like it was either going to be Bobby Heenan, Slick um, or, uh, another, another wrestler I've, I've totally forgotten, but, uh, but essentially out of those three people, um, it, it would be interesting or rather after those three people, he picked Miss Elizabeth, you know what I mean? But it's sort of that same concept. It's like, it puts him over cause he's a wanted talent. People are like, Oh, Oh, he's coming from NXT and it gives some awareness to that brand. So I think a brand split is a good idea. It's it. it Right now, if it were to help NXT, the question is: Do they have the talent to support a brand split?
0: Yeah, they do. All the guys are in NXT, but they but, have but, the talent. But, but,
2: presently, as in like in terms of stardom, in terms of push, in terms of recognition, is that going to be a possibility for brand split? Because no doubt in my mind, they have the talent. It's just their talent translating into star power. Well, and what all you got to
0: do is just keep a few of the people that they don't do anything with on Raw on SmackDown and have that be their show. Like that, yeah. a guy like Cesaro. Mm-hmm. Would definitely when he comes back flourish on having like a top spot on SmackDown instead of have to vie for a spot on Raw. Yeah, he would benefit from being put on a show exclusively like that. Yeah, I think even Dean, even though Dean's kind of getting to a point where like he kind of has to be on Raw now because he's just so over. Yeah, but even I thought he would be a guy who could benefit. Bray could mm-hmm. hugely benefit from being like say the top heel of SmackDown, mm-hmm. kind of take the edge role. So it's just in a way I think they do. But it's just about how they're going to handle it. Yeah. when they actually
2: because because obviously a lot of people don't want to see this brand split only because it hasn't worked before, and we've seen this creative team—they're not very good. At In fact, they're actually lines.
0: worse than when the brand split. Exactly was so grang. there.
2: So there is that concern, and I totally see that concern as well. Like, will a brand split work? It's got pros and cons. It's got pros and cons. It's just if they really want to do this brand split, they've got to be 100% committed. Not 95, not 90, not they 99. Have to be... They have to be 100% committed to this brand split. And I think they do have the chance for that because I think they do want to bring SmackDown to better prominence only because they have two big programs. They're
0: both on USA. And they're both
2: on USA, and USA will pressure them to get those two programs to be at a top-tier level, especially SmackDown. So there is that idea that it's like, man, we got to really step up our game in terms of, writing and all that but the one key factor in all of this is vince mcmahon has to be very limited in the brand split in terms of getting control because if he has full control of the brand split it's never going to work and i think what this is going to do as well is i think what they want to do as well is start to give more control to stephanie triple h and if shane does come back into an executive position shane mcmahon and give those guys more power and see how they do with their respective brands. Because I don't think if they do do a brand split, it won't be long. Get, I'm predicting five years. And I think they want to do the brand split so that they give those guys the experience of running their own t- television show, producing it, directing it, you know, doing their whole shtick with, with with their show. Give them that experience so when Vince McMahon does have to let go, does unfortunately pass away,
3: mm-hmm. or,
2: or, or whatever happens to him... got God, God hopes not. None of the bad things happen to them. But if that occurs, they have that experience ready. So,
0: any uh, thoughts uh, about
1: the a potential brand split, Alec, in terms of how you would perceive it? I just didn't think it worked the last time they did it. I don't know why they're trying it again.
0: Very. I mean, like, <laughs> have no, I don't. Have want no to be, I don't
1: here yeah. on it, you know what I mean? But it's just one of those things where I was there when they split it the first time and they had, like, the competing GMs, the competing rosters. and it was like great different to start. titles. It was a really novel idea to start because that was kind of when they were pushing, like, the WCW in WWE yeah. angle. So you had these, like, rivalries already built up. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like, oh, Shane and Stephanie are back.
2: Yeah. You, know, you could build that up. and, and but, but there is that idea where, like I mentioned, it's like... If Vince has less control over this brand split, it yeah. could probably turn it out could be better. really successful because it's, it's not Vince. because Vince had full control of the first brand split and look at where it ended up because he wasn't willing to let SmackDown be its own separate entity. You would look at two thousand two, two thousand four to two thousand four SmackDown, great years in, in WWE. And what was, was going right, on. Heyman Rock? was writing the show, and, and Heyman was writing the show, and you know, eventually it's just Vince was like, "Nope, we want to be just like everything else."
0: And then it just kind and of fell it, And it apart. didn't work,
2: and they wonder why it didn't work.
0: So that's that, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in to Wrestling With Ideas. We are live every single Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Sometimes we bend the rules a little bit and bleed over into the 10 o'clock hour.
1: Like As Vince there. Russo would say, we go off script. Yes,
0: sometimes we go off script and we, we swerve. Swerve! A bit. So until next time, and uh, we'll have Matthew on the show. This has been Wrestling With Ideas. Thank you for tuning in to Wrestling With Ideas. We are the greatest wrestling show on the planet and air every Tuesday night at 9. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. That's at WrestlingWIdeas and Facebook.com slash WrestlingWithIdeas. And also check out our previous episodes on Podomatic, which includes exclusive interviews
3: with talents from across the wrestling world.